Success in our schools and for our students is a direct result of the energy and commitment of Anoka Hennepin's dedicated employees. This is Superintendent David Law. Each year, our school district coordinates an awards program called Above and Beyond. Employees are nominated and recognized for exceeding expectations. This year's Above and Beyond recipients include a list of 14 exemplar employees. They are rock stars who make a difference for their students. Unfortunately, safety guidelines related to COVID-19 forced us to pursue an alternate recognition for these employees. We hope you enjoy this podcast series and learning how Anoka Hennepin's employees go above and beyond. This is Jim Skelly, Director of Communication and Public Relations. I'm here with Kathy Landis, who we're proud to name an Above and Beyond Award recipient. Kathy serves as a first grade teacher at Eisenhower Elementary. First of all, Kathy, congratulations. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on the podcast today. That's great. It's uh, kind of a good way to get this started, Kathy, is learning a little bit about you and maybe how you got started with Anoka Hennepin and your uh, education background, high school, college, where you're from. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I was born and raised in St. Paul, Minnesota. And for high school, I attended St. Bernard's High School. So I'm a Bulldog alumni there. I got my bachelor's and master's degrees from Bemidji State University. And I got my start in this district in 2004 when now retired Principal Pat Murray hired me at Johnsville as a Title I reading support teacher in grades K through four. And then I also got to teach the kindergarten intervention program. They called it KIPP at the time. So that was my start. And then since then, I've worked in three other schools in the district, including Eisenhower, where I'm at right now. What were the other schools, Kathy? Did I see Sorterberg Elementary in on that list, too? Yes. After Johnsville, I was over at Mississippi Elementary for a while. And after Mississippi Elementary, I was over at Sorterberg until the year it closed. And then after that, I had the opportunity to come here to Eisenhower. Okay, so you've been in classrooms throughout the district, different schools. Is there, and you're dealing with first graders now, can you recall a moment or a time that maybe sticks out in your head as something that might be your favorite? Oh, yes. There's lots of favorites, but what sticks out the most is when I worked at Soderberg Elementary, and it was the year the school was told, you're going to be closing down at the end of the year. So late that spring, there was a huge open house. People from all over were invited to come. Staff, former staff, community members, former students, like anyone who wanted to show up was welcome to attend. And during that open house, there was this woman who approached me and said, is this your classroom? And I said, yes, it is. I teach first grade in here right now. And she said, I used to go here in first grade in this classroom. Can I come sit in here in the desk I used to sit in and have you take my picture? I have this picture at home and I just want to replicate it. So I took her picture. She was so excited to have that memory of being there in first grade and just the amount of people that showed up, I'll just never forget that. It's, it is kind of interesting as we all kind of think back to first grade and how, what a special time it is and 
I'm sure we all can. I mean, I can remember my first grade teacher. So I'm, you're having a big, I know you're having an impact on people, Kathy, and what you do. And one of the things you like to do is connect with your students. Can you talk about some of the ways, some of the strategies that you have that you make that connection, both with maybe the students and with uh, things that they might do with their parents and guardians at home? Oh, sure. I like to make a homeschool connection in lots of different ways. One of them is by creating book bags individual bag for each kid sent home. It's like a large Ziploc plastic bag. Kids can bring back and forth guided reading books, leveled books, other readers we're using in the classroom, or just books they're interested in wanting to read more. And inside, there's usually a little letter for the parents explaining what it is, things they can do at home to help. Sometimes there's individualized items in there, like sight words the kids might be working on, vocabulary, reading strategies we've been practicing at school just to have that extra connection built from school to home and those bags come back and forth as often as the kids want to read and return them they could keep that book for a week or more if they wanted to as long as they're enjoying it at home there was no deadline of oh it has to be back the next day so throughout the year kids could bring books to and from school as often as they want to Sure, they can kind of learn at their own pace then. Mm-hmm. So, and you've been around uh, first grade students for a while now. I'm sure you have a, a good idea of what, what they can accomplish and the kinds of things they can do. If When you when you think about schools, there's something you'd change or if there's one thing you could change about uh, their environment or what would, you, what would it be? What would you change? My one thing I'm super passionate about is small class size. So if I could change one thing in particular, it would be making sure classes sizes are small, not just in first grade, but all grade levels. I'm sure other grade level teachers struggle with this as well, but having 25 more plus first graders in a classroom, in my opinion, is just way too many. So if I were in charge, I would make a mandate on the limit that could be allowed in a classroom. Sure, make that connection. The teacher can make the connection better with the student. That type focus on that. You know, uh, one of the things that um, students today that we hear about are, uh, I don't want to call it this, behavior issues perhaps in school or and the needs for social emotional support. Um, well, it sounds like you like to get your students into the green zone. So could you kind of explain some of the strategies you might use with your students to, you know, classroom management strategies? Sure. The green zone is where um, students are happy, ready to be at school, ready to learn, and really in a good place, kind of in a nutshell. So using the zones of regulation that go from green to red, it's like trying to prevent the students from getting toward yellow or red, where you're going to have a hard time um, getting them back. So I've created a calming corner as one strategy in my classroom where students can go as needed to just remain calm, take a deep breath. There's some visuals I have there that they can follow with like figure eight breathing or different types of breathing strategies I've taught them or they've learned from other adults at school. And just a few other supplies or materials in there like a book they could sit and read or listen to for a few minutes. a notebook. Maybe they need to sketch out something to help themselves calm down. So it's really a variety of things in the corner that the students can access as needed 
and can help themselves have just a really calm day at school when they feel themselves kind of coming out of the green to prevent from getting toward red. Sounds good. We might need the calming corner over at the district office. I'm not, <laughs> maybe me use that strategy. I can help um, you with that. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so as far as students are concerned, you connect with them. So you, you have a good idea of, of what it is that they're thinking about. What do you think that they need most from our school district? That goes back to the social emotional learning piece. I think they really need a lot of support available depending on their needs. So many kids, even at the elementary level, just so sh show so many signs of stress, anxiety, even depression, that if not dealt with can become a major issue. So I just think kids need the extra support, not only from the classroom teacher, but just in resources within the school itself to access whenever they're needed. Let's flip this around the other side then, as far as the students, um, what would they say about your teaching style? How would a, how would a, what might a student say about you? If you asked a first grader those questions, they'd probably just simply say, she's fun and she's nice. And what they mean by that is I like to add a lot of humor into our day, no matter what it is that we're doing. And I also like to include a lot of game or hands-on style learning so that the kids just are so engaged and they're interested in it and it just makes the whole day enjoyable and fun. And um, I guess it's just a hybrid of humor and kinesthetics in a nutshell. Hi, my name is Tess DeGeest with the Anoka Hennepin Educational Foundation. As the district's nonprofit partner, we're delighted to recognize you as our Above and Beyond Award recipients. You are selected from nearly 8,000 employees for what you do every day for our students and families. As a colleague and a parent, you make me proud. Thank you for what you do every day and keep up the great work. Well, welcome back. We do appreciate the support of the Anoka Hennepin Educational Foundation. Our students in Anoka Hennepin do benefit from a highly productive and qualified staff, those who go above and beyond. And we're here with Kathy Landis, who serves as a first grade teacher at Eisenhower Elementary. She's one of the 14 Above and Beyond Award recipients this year. She also worked at Johnsville, Mississippi, and Soderberg Elementary. And we heard a little bit about that in the first half of our podcast. Kathy, I wanted to lead off with um, our second part that talked a little bit about uh, from your nomination form and some of the comments made. So I'm going to read just directly from that form, and I think our audience will appreciate hearing this as well. Kathy has a special way about her and how she interacts with her students and how she creates the very uniquely joyful environment for her students. Time and again, I have seen students transformed into happy, secure little people, even at their young age. They are happy to be at school and they glow with this overflowing joy and sense in her sense of humor. It's really quite amazing. And I really wish you, the judges of our, our group could see this for yourself. And she couldn't emphasize that enough. Now, those are the kinds of things I think that that comes from a coworker. Um, as far as the environment you're in in Eisenhower, it must feel like a, a very supportive environment uh, to do the things that you're doing. For you, what makes, when you go, come to school each day, what makes it a good day? What makes a good day for you at school? I think that's pretty simple. If 
at the end of the day, ask yourself, did I do my best today? Uh, was I respectful and kind to other people? Did I get the help I needed? Kind of like I do with students when we wrap up the end of our day. If you can answer yes to those questions, then it was a really good day. <laughs> and I'm sure you, it sounds like you have a lot of good days there in your, in your classroom. Um, and you're around unique individuals in what you do. Um, what's the funniest thing that you've seen a student do? Oh, over the years, I've seen a lot of funny things. But one thing in particular was a year I was teaching kindergarten. And my team and I were dressing up for the 100th day of school. So we're, we were making ourselves look as if we were 100 years old. You know, the powder in the hair to look like your hair was white, the makeup on to look like you had really deep wrinkles and the glasses with the chains, the old clothes and shoes. Some people had walkers and canes. It was fabulous. So on the morning of the 100th day, we're all by our classroom doors as usual, greeting kids as they come in. And here comes this boy just walking really slow, but staring and looking and very puzzled. Kept walking past me and approached the next door, classroom next to me where my teaching partner worked. Saw her too, very puzzled looking, staring. Oh, put his hands on his hips and says really loud, oh no, we have a substitute today. We laughed so hard the rest of the day. And of course, still now we're still telling the story. The kids didn't even recognize it was their regular teachers. They thought they had substitutes. <laughs> that is good. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, do you have a chance to get your class out of the building any, maybe you get on a field trip every now and then. Um, is there a spot you like to take them? And maybe is there some place you would want to take them anywhere in the world if you could take them on a field trip? Oh, if I could take them anywhere in the world, I would definitely take them to Costa Rica. The students this year are so interested in all these animals and tropical birds we've been reading and learning about. And we read a story about a yucca plant, which you can find in Costa Rica, which they had no idea it was, but wanted to know more and more about it. So if I could get them on an airplane, go to Costa Rica, we'd go to the rainforest, the sloth sanctuary, the wildlife refuge just to see all of these in person and up close and definitely would have them handle and taste the yucca plant. I think that would just be the ultimate field trip with them. Sounds good. Let's go. <laughs> when you were in school, Kathy, um, when you were younger, maybe at this age, uh, did you have a dream job, something you thought um, you want to do when you were in elementary school? Well, it was teaching. I was always the one planning, we're playing school. And I was always having to be the teacher. So my brothers, my sisters, neighborhood friends, they would always have to be the students. And I would set up the school with whatever I had around the house, chalkboard and all that. And I would have to be the teacher and they would have to do what I said. And then <laughs> sometimes when they didn't want to do that, I did it with like dolls and stuffed animals that I had would set that up and I would be the teacher and they would be my students. And so just looking back, that was something that always was an interest of mine. I mean, it turned out that that's exactly what you're doing today. That's just awesome. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, we always try to find something in our above and beyond people that maybe somebody didn't know about. So do you have any hidden talents, anything that uh, 
that you could share with things that maybe no one really knows the great things that you can do? Well, I don't know if I'd call it a talent or not. <laughs> maybe more of, a, <laughs> more of a hidden hobby, maybe. Or I dabble in sewing, but not a lot of people know that. Because I know some people that are very good at sewing. So I've kind of stayed out of the spotlight with that. But I did learn how to sew from my mom growing up on her sewing machine. Eventually I got my own. And I've made lots of different projects over the years. So I would say probably more dabbling in sewing is my hidden hobby. And most recently I've tried making those popular face masks too. So I guess that's what I would say is my hidden hopefully be a talent someday yeah yeah maybe even your hidden talent may not be so secret now kathy just everybody knows yeah now we all know <laughs> um you know this year we had a theme in our school district that our, our staff are rock stars um certainly if you're an above and beyond winner you're a rock star uh, but we like to ask our winners um about songs that they like or uh, music that they listen to so is there a song out there that you might know all the lyrics to Oh, I know lyrics to a lot of different songs, like Prince Bon Jovi for sure. If that comes on the radio, I'm singing that out. But I do have to say there's one song in particular that I think is a very inspirational song that I know the lyrics to is Let It Be by the Beatles. Can't beat that one. That's coming from a first grade teacher there. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very good. I had one last question and it was in your nomination form. You talked about how one of the things you want to do with your students is to, to grow out their brains. Um, could you explain what that means? Basically, that's using a growth mindset. So we do a lot of work with that in our classroom. Instead of the negative, oh, that's too hard. Oh, I can't do that. I don't know how. We turn it around into saying it in a more positive way and grow our brains. Like, okay, I'm going to try my best on this. Or this might not be my favorite thing to do, but I'm going to try anyway. And so just teaching them that when you do that, you're actually growing your brain has been something that really sticks with them. And I find that a lot of them can do that on their own now and remind others when they hear something like, oh, this is really hard. I don't know how to do this. I've heard them actually say to other kids, well, you could do it. You can grow your brain, too. Well, that's uh, definitely inspirational for today's elementary students. That's outstanding, Kathy. And we do appreciate you taking time to be on our podcast series. And once again, congratulations on your selection as a, an Above and Beyond winner. Thank you very much. I'm very honored. Above and Beyond recognition is indeed a special honor. Nearly 200 employees were nominated this year, and a selection committee carefully reviewed applications to arrive at the awardees selected. Who can nominate an employee? Parents, students, employees, volunteers, or community members, anyone can nominate school employees whose performance they consider to be extraordinary. Special thanks goes to the Anoka Hennepin Education Foundation for sponsoring the Above and Beyond Awards. Learn more about their work at ahef.us. For more information about Above and Beyond winners, listen in for additional podcasts in this series or visit ahschools.us forward slash above and beyond.